Greetings, friends. I'm John Haspel. This is a Dhamma talk from Cross River Meditation Center in Frenchtown, New Jersey. If you find benefit from this talk, please support the restoration, the preservation, and the presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma with your donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace. So, we are at week eight in our Truth of Happiness structured study on the five clinging aggregates tonight's class. The past three weeks have held the core teachings of the Buddha's Dhamma. From week six, our talk on the three marks of existence, which states that life in the phenomenal world is governed by three characteristics, anicca, impermanence, anatta, not self, and dukkha, stress. Then Ram's talk, we learned that the experience of stress arises through 12 observable causative links known as dependent origination. Today, we're going to discuss the five clinging aggregates or what experiences stress. John's words, the five clinging aggregates do not seek to explain a self. The five clinging aggregates describe the clinging vehicle that experiences suffering. I say made from the components of materiality and mental activities. When viewed from right view, the five clinging aggregates are anatta, not self, anicca, impermanent, and so stressful, dukkha. The Buddha said that that which is impermanent, stressful, is not fit to be described as this is me, this is mine, this is what I am. So let's, let's examine the five clinging aggregates through the lens of the three marks of existence as the Buddha so effectively did in the Anattalakana Sutta. He says to his Sangha, and I'll put it to you, our Sangha as well, is form permanent or impermanent? Are feelings permanent or impermanent? Are perceptions permanent or impermanent? Are mental fabrications permanent or impermanent? Is consciousness permanent or impermanent? And what the Buddha Sangha said at that time, which was just around as many of this that were here today as there were then, all of those things are impermanent. So let's just go into those five clinging aggregates. You guys probably read through the, the book. Um, so this will just be a little bit of a review. So the five aggregates, five clinging aggregates are form. In Pali, that's called rupa, which is the physical body and the physical domain. Included in the physical body are the senses and the thinking conditioned mind. The physical or phenomenal domain is all that we perceive through contact with the senses. Any form is called the form aggregate. 
feeling. In Pali, it's called Vedana. Feeling is the experienced reaction to mental or physical stimulus. When bound to form through perception, mental fabrications occur, further conditioning consciousness. Any emotional or physical feeling is called the feeling aggregate. Perception in Pali is called sana. Perceptions are viewed are views formed by discriminating thoughts. Reaction to perceptions further integrates the perception and further conditions the mind. Perception bound to a false view of self results in unskillful or deluded understanding. It is through perception that we convey permanent and individuated reality where none exists. Delusion arises by believing that simply because we think something is as it appears to be, it is. This is discursive thinking. Any perception is called the perception aggregate. The fourth clinging aggregate, mental fabrications, Pali is Sankara. Mental fabrications are thought constructs and held views. Mental fabrications provide motivation to wrong views, creating unskillful actions. It is unskillful volitional actions originating in deluded intentions that cause karma. Sankara is a component of consciousness. Any mental fabrication is called the fabrication aggregate. The fifth clinging aggregate, consciousness. Pali is vinana. That which is, arises within form due to contact with the six senses. Sadhyatana, the five physical senses and thought. This is not to be taken as a part of an awakened mind. Consciousness bound to the clinging aggregates is also impermanent. Consciousness is the active and reactive process of an ego personality continually establishing itself. As Ram talked us through in the dependent origination. Any consciousness aggregate is called, any consciousness is called the consciousness aggregate. So again, back to how the Buddha asked us to think about this through three marks of existence. Is form permanent or impermanent? Are feelings, perceptions, mental fabrications, consciousness permanent or impermanent? Impermanent, all. So now we go again through the three marks of existence, these three characteristics of phenomenal world. Are the five clinging aggregates stressful? Is form stressful? Is it stressful to be in a body? Jeff, sometimes? Yeah, quite, quite often and sometimes very unexpectedly. Right? Um, now for me, I love this damn body. <laughs> <laughs> Are feelings um, stressful? Are perceptions stressful? Are mental fabrications stressful? Is consciousness stressful when it's rooted in wrong view or ignorance of the Four Noble Truths, then absolutely, they're all stressful. Continuing the three marks of existence analysis, does the form possess self or the self possess form? If I'm, if I'm looking at this body, where, where am I? Where's Matt? 
here, here. Where's Matt? Can I find Matt? Can I pinch my skin? Is this part Matt? Which part's Matt? Does feeling possess self or does the self possess feelings? When I'm going through my day and, and a feeling arises, is that me? Is that where I am? Are perceptions, do they, the perceptions possess self? Does the self possess perceptions? Are mental fabrications the self? Does the self possess mental fabrications? Is consciousness self or does the self possess consciousness? All of these, no. I can't find self in any of those component mental activities or the materiality that they cling to. So <clears throat> this process of selfing or establishing a self in order to relate to the outside world is done through craving and clinging. This is the process of dependent origination. Say that again, Matt. That, that's, that's the dominant in a nutshell. You can. I know it's hard to repeat sometimes. Selfing. This process of establishing a self in order to relate to the outside world is through craving and clinging. Yep. That process is dependent origination. And for you four guys, guys in, the last, in the last four classes, to bring it to that point is really astonishing. It really is. And all of you contribute to that. Excuse me. Not only does it come from craving, but it leads to more craving. Yes. It, it's it's established. Yes. It's it's just like in the process of dependent origination. From contact comes feeling. From feeling comes craving. From craving comes clinging and maintaining. Clinging and maintaining is... <laughs> is selfing, is maintaining the self that is going to relate to the outside world. And I like the word uh, unsatisfactory. Yes. That's, that's kind of like the, the common, just really think it through, that whole process, because it's impermanent. And you realize, I think you deep down realize it's not so. There's unsatisfactory level of existence. Yeah. Because of that subtle realization. Because you're always unsatisfied. Yeah. It's, it, you, don't, you don't find that like ultimate, like, oh, this, this uh, positive feeling doesn't give me permanent happiness. Yes. Or, and so dukkha arises to the right self. As you're continuously trying to do something, <coughs> which is just not possible. Yeah, and you're really doing it to stave off future dukkha. You don't realize you're creating that future dukkha by that thought that you need to do in the first place. Mm -hmm. Which is what Max said much more eloquently than I just did. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that self that we're selfing, you know, adding that ing to the word self, 
states that this is a process, an ongoing process of continually clinging these mental activities together with this materiality through craving, through craving for more sense fulfillment, getting what I want, never getting what I don't want. It's endless. It's incessant. Craving for sensuality, craving for form. Yeah. Performances. Yeah. Those are the three categories. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so the, cra the craving for form and, and sensuality is pretty easy to see. The craving for formlessness, that's the that takes a couple of steps to, to get it up. Yeah, and, and I, I, where, I where does it take you to though? It really means you're just you're stuck in your imagination. It's not like some future mm. magical place. Anytime that I think, even sitting here thinking that, well, I really am the world's greatest meditation teacher, mm. is crazy for formless because that's just an idea. It's just an, it's mm. just all in my imagination. Mm. But it, even somebody who is a great college basketball player who's stuck in their head about playing in the pros is the same example of that. But it also could be, as long as I do this, what I'm doing right now, long and hard enough, tomorrow I'll be better. That's all formlessness. Well, and exactly, and it's that the exhaustion of, of craving for form constantly leads to the, the hope craving that maybe in some other non-physical mm -hmm. realm, some other time, some other place, I'll get what I want right. and, and never get what I don't want. by this awful human self-loathing <clears throat> body. Right. And that's it. And that's so that, oh, I'm sorry, please go on. Yeah. And, you I'm, know, I'm so excited by your teaching. I can't <laughs> hold myself back. Why is your strength? You know, and so that 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 form that the Buddha is talking about when we go into those things is is um, <clears throat> the four elements, right? The four elements: the earth property, the wind property, the fire property, the liquid property. We'll just co consider form to be the form aggregate is the six properties. Yeah. Um, so kind of getting to where, how, how do we practice this? So how, how does this, how do we, because I think we all, from these last few weeks, since week six of, of the three marks and then into dependent origination and now five clinging aggregates, How do we practice this? Where do, where does where do we practice this? Where do we see this? Well, when we're we see it directly when we ask, what is the quality of my mind? When we're sitting, when we're practicing meditation, when we're practicing jhana, when we're practicing four foundations of mindfulness, this fourth foundation of mindfulness is where this we see this. What is the quality of my mind? We're, we're in our in our practice of four foundations. We're paying attention to the arising and passing away of our breath and our body. 
we're paying attention to the arising and passing of feeling. We're paying attention to the arising and passing of thought. We're paying attention to sounds arising and passing. We're paying attention to thoughts arising and passing. In some of those places where, where form, breath in the body, thoughts, feelings are arising and passing, pay attention to when the self arises and starts to assert itself in the, in the thought, I, me, mine. This is my, I don't want. As soon as we start doing that, we're selfing. Self has arisen. And now we're, we've created an imagined separate and permanent entity that needs to be continually you serviced. You're experiencing suffering. And that is stressful. Versus when you're simply aware of it. Yes. All right. And then passing away. That, that <clears throat> you don't experience suffering at that moment. Right. And so then that's simple. And that's the Buddhist description of awakening as far as understanding stress. This is stress, this is the cause yes. of stress, this is the cessation of stress in this moment. Yeah. That's human life. And that in that one thought, in that one breath, in, in 67 plus years is this is stress, this is its cause, this is its cessation. There it is. So that can this practice can also come off the cushion. Pay attention to when self arises or when you self. And when you start selfing, it's you're going to notice it because you're starting to frame your experience through I, me, mine, this is my, I don't want. We do that all the time in our day, all day long that arises. So we practice that. And when when something arises that that Reflexively, we say, I, me, mine, I want, I don't want. What the Buddha taught us a way to, to recognize that. This is not me. This is not mine. This is not what I am. So, in that way, from right view, we look at the world not as activities of self. Rather, we're looking at the world as impermanent, dependently originated phenomena rolling on continuously. And the Buddha says in regards to that, when this is, that is. From the arising of this comes the arising of that. When this isn't, that isn't. From the cessation of this comes the cessation of that. <laughs> so in the Dhamma, we train this mind on the Eightfold Path <laughs> to break the habit of craving and clinging for an imagined separate and permanent <laughs> existence. So let's go online. Jane, how you doing? Uh, let me see. There we go. 
I'm well, thank you. That was fantastic. My new Whoa. favorite word now is selfie. Uh, I'd like to I, bring that one back into the, the I, fold. I love that word. It's a because it is, it's a process. And as long as you're selfing, then then your mind and body aren't aren't together, you know? So the the skill is to recognize when I'm selfing, take a breath, and then I won't be so stressed. So I I just love that. Thank you. John, does that sound about right? Sounds about right. And there's a, <laughs> on the uh, flow chart behind you and on the website is that it describes where selfing arises. But Matt described it perfectly. That's what we're dealing with, folks. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a change of choice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could say, you know, the whole, you can make a play out of it to self and not to self. <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> yeah. oh, whether it is nobler <laughs> you can employ a selfing stick it's coming quick and silent uh -huh. oh yeah talk softly means to carry a large selfing stick <laughs> isn't that something though that what are they the millionaire inventions was a selfing stick isn't it to, uh -huh. to be able to hold your phone out far enough to get Right. Wish I could come to this place. <laughs> Jeff, Adam, how are you guys? Hey, how you doing, Matt? Yeah. Good teaching tonight. You kind of like I kind of don't, don't even know what to say right now, honestly. <laughs> but um, it did it did make sense when you said uh, this is that and that is that, you know, and um, it's basically karma, you know. Like there's consequences and repercussions for everything you do in life, whether it's good or bad, you know? Yes. So. On Saturday. Yep. Yeah. That, I was, I was thinking about both of you guys when I was coming up with this because of, of Jeff, of your question a couple nights ago and, and, and Adam, you know, just getting your legs under you with this material, right? you know, the, you know, Jeff, you had said, you know, the five cleaning aggregates, I, it, it's sort of abstract and is it just a list, you know? So I was thinking about that and hopefully this, this makes sense. Right. And Jeff was explaining, like, if you're unconscious, it's not like you're out your body, you know, you're still you, you know? Yeah. Whether you're conscious or unconscious, you know? That's right. And I mean, you can think about it at unconscious in that way as, as just automatic or autopilot right. You know? right where well thanks where, matt yeah man thank you adam you did a great job tonight man thank you jeff how are you man i'm good uh very good thanks matt good good job um yeah no i i i i think i have a much better grasp of the five aggregates now and i think of them in terms of the kind of the engine of karma um, and, and, uh, to the extent that you, we fall into that, that, that conditioned thinking of each of these is, I, I find, I think is to the extent that you experience, uh, stress and suffering, 
Well said. And I, I think it's become kind of a trigger for me as soon as I sense that I'm experiencing stress or suffering, I, I immediately try to divorce myself of the five aggregates. I try to abandon any connection or association or uh, um, attachment to. And rather than struggle so much with each individual line item there, it now feels much more natural for me just to say, you know, this is not me, this is not mine. Um, and, and I find it much easier now to relieve myself of stress. Excellent, Jeff. Dhamma practice. Yeah, that's, that's solid Dhamma. Thank you. Thank you. John? Um, you know, as expected, that was really an outstanding class. And I said it earlier today, but the four of you um, contributing these last four classes to kind of get to that point of clarity that you brought up was really amazing. Excuse me, did um, Just the utter simplicity of really what we're dealing with. It's not complicated. It's what's going on with me right now. We're going to get into karma on Saturday with the, the, the five clinging aggregates experience suffering because of something that is called karma. But karma is not a power of its own. Karma is just this present moment experience of suffering. So again, we're going to get into it deeper, but that explanation of um, understanding that in this presence, in this present moment, if I'm experiencing stress, it's because of one simple thing. I'm taking things personally. And it was just such an excellent class on what can be complicated because of the verbiage, the terminology, but it really is very simple. And it's explained that well. So again, that's just an excellent teaching. Thank you. I'll be back Saturday, folks, I think. Yay. Given that the tide don't rise, whatever that says. Um. And yeah, uh, on the one hand, these things are simple. On the other hand, there's a lot of interconnectedness. Um, as you get further into it, uh, that only gets more, to me, it's, it's just uh, astonishing how, how it all fits so well. Mm -hmm. Both the five clinging aggregates versus the, the dependent origination, um, and then how three uh, the three um, marks just weave through there, tying everything together. Uh, it's it's just uh, the more you the more you study it, the more you read it. Um, it becomes this, this really uh, solid tapestry yeah. um, of understanding. Yeah. It's quite beautiful. It is quite beautiful. And, and that, you know, you know, starting like we did with, with three marks of existence, as these characteristics of the phenomenal world 
form, feeling, perceptions, mental fabrications, consciousness belong to that. So of course they are governed by the three marks of existence. And, and so are prone to greed, aversion, and delusion. thinking. Yes. Okay. Will you be my Dhamma teacher, please? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta come to class more often. <laughs> Laura? Yeah, that's what I was thinking about was the connections which you helped me make. Um, the, you know, when we're trying to establish a permanent form or a feeling or um, perception, fabrication, whatever state of consciousness, mm -hmm. that self, that, that is selfing, right? And then you were saying that that, that process is dependent origination, yeah. right? And then I was reading what John wrote he writes, it requires constant vigilance and continual fabrication to maintain this establishment of an ego self. And then I'm like, well, then why is it, you know, why do we do that all the time? But I guess it's really because of great aversion to good thinking. So, yeah. so recognize of four noble truths. Right. Yeah. So when we can recognize that <clears throat> and abandon that, that's where that liberation, you know, comes comes in. So, well said. This is great. Just connecting, like Ram was saying, it's really just interwoven. You know, everything just is makes this, so much more sense now. Is this your second time to the truth of happiness? Yeah, yeah. You see more and more every time through. I know exactly. Yeah, it really is the repetition. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Laura. David. Hi, everyone. Uh, I will always tie back all our teachings to how does it look in my practice? And the question came up prior to class, and that's why we were late, because we were having a discussion about how to tie this, this teaching right here into our practice. And intellectually, we can make these connections and be fascinated by the simpleness of it all and the beauty of it all. But the personal experience can only be gained by having a jhana practice and a deepening concentration and developing that refined mindfulness. Because that's when you start seeing it in your practice and then you're on the cushion and off the cushion then it doesn't leave you so even though study is important and coming to sangha is important the very most important thing is developing your practice of jhana meditation because that's that's the woodshed that's where it, it all gets established is mm -hmm seeing it arise and pass away yeah. and going, oh, that's not my connection to that class that I just had. Yeah. That's and where the real work takes that's place. That's where the real work yeah. That's where I see how I'm selfing. Yeah. Yeah. When I, I have I have that calmness and to your question, that's when I can abandon it. Yeah. Because I could see that it's causing me stress mm. and it's impermanent and it's not quiet. And what I am is just a six property person that that's all I need to be. 
So yeah. thank you, Matt. Yeah, you're so good at this because you, you it is important to make those connections, but only if you can see it on the cushion yeah. and then off. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Okay, friends. We will finish class as we always do. With the frenetic movement of a video camera. <laughs> what I meant to say was with the Carnia Metasuka. Finding your relaxed meditation posture. This is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud or demanding in nature. Let them not do the slightest thing the wise would later approve. Wishing in gladness and safety may all beings be at ease. Whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, great or the mighty, medium, short or small, the seen and the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born, may all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings. Radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will. Whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding. By not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being freed from all sense desires, is not born again into this world. Thank you all, friends. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Good night. Good night. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening. I rely on donations to support the continued restoration preservation, and presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma. If you find benefit here, please consider a donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace.